right, what's up, everybody? Uh, Straight out of Fresno, episode five. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode five in so far. For all you guys that are tuned in on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to it, uh, we just appreciate y'all. Uh, this is a special Father's Day edition. Uh, the time this drops going to be just a couple days before Father's Day. Um, so I got two just awesome guests here uh we're gonna get into just some just some beautiful discussion uh we got alton williams here and we also got brandon jackson how y'all doing, uh, doing great, man. first things first obviously we, we talk in parenthood we talk in fatherhood particularly black fatherhood um so first off i guess you guys just tell us about your family tell us about you know your your kids and you know kind of kind of where you're coming from in this discussion uh, for sure. I guess I could start it off. Um, so, uh, yeah, so my family, I am married to the beautiful Jessica Jackson. Um, and uh, her and I, we have three beautiful daughters together. And uh, my oldest uh, is eight, or is about to be eight in September. Then I have uh, a six, and then I have a three-year-old going on 13. <laughs> Right. For some reason, the youngest ones are always act the grownest. Man, it's so crazy. Today, she, today she came in my in my room. Was like, Brandon. I was like, Brandon. What do you mean, Brandon? You mean dad? She was like, No, I'm Brandon. I'm your waiter for today. I'm like, my waiter. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I was like, It's so weird when your kids call you by your first name. Just be like, Right. I don't, I don't know it's if that's just like, sometimes you're scared. Sometimes you're scared to say your first name too, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a son, Kylan, Kylan uh, J. Williams. Um, I'm a bonus father, father figure to Aubrey Virtue. Um, I'm a, I'm blessed to be with my best friend since the playground over at Lawless Elementary School, uh, Brian Souza. We we've been engaged for almost, we've been engaged for two and a half years now, um, and. Um, yeah, just to, like, kind of go off of what you just said right now, Brandon, like, you know, Kylie calls me Alton sometimes, and he's he's like, can I even say that? I'm like, yes, can I say my name? <laughs> he's like, it's so weird. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. Fatherhood is it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a gym. It's a gym for sure. It's a learning experience every single day, too. Yeah. Oh, no uh, doubt. Definitely. No doubt. Definitely. Uh, I'm the newest father out of the bunch. Um, I've got my son, Chase, uh, just recently turned 11 months old. It'll be tw- uh, a year on July 13th. Um, beautiful mother, uh, Stephanie Thompson. We've been married for almost three years now. Um, and he is just my bundle of joy. Um, he makes he makes life, you know, so much worth it. I mean, yes, obviously, you know, my wife, you know, was first in line with that. But just him adding adding to the story, man, just makes it makes it lovely you know I'm, I'm loving being a father um but first things first i mean let's let's talk about before we even talk about us as fathers let's go back to when you know we were the ones that were youngins you know when you're being raised by your parents um what were some of the things that you know either your fathers taught you things that kind of stuck with you or even just that you learned from you know both your mom and your dad that kind of have helped shape you guys into who you are today I do came out with the deep questions. Like, Dang. I had to, I had to think. <laughs> dude took it all the way back. Shake, shake, shake me, man. Uh, man, it's, it's a lot of principles, man. Discipline. Uh, 
it really, it, uh, I feel like my, my father taught me a lot of tough love, you know, um, you know, uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up with a, with a, with a stepmom. Um, for the most part, my, my biological mother's been out of the picture of my life. So, um, my father had to step up, you know, most cases it's the other way around, you know what I mean? That's, that's normally the story, but for me, it's the exact opposite. And, uh, my dad, he's, he's, um, he's been working, uh, driving fact buses for really driving buses period. Cause he started at uh, driving school bus, school buses and then moved to driving for the city, uh, all my life. He's, um, been a huge, huge support for anything that I've been interested in. Including basketball, so he would take me to practice, uh, get me on traveling teams, drive me places, um, give me the training. Always really taught me a, a lot about the discipline. He talked to the coaches, uh, make sure that they're teaching me the principles that he's teaching me at home. So it was pretty. It was it was pretty pretty uh pretty consistent throughout my life, and uh, really shaped me in who I am. I, I value tough love. I value it. Sometimes, you know, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard, you know, but, um, yeah. Yeah, you went deep, Sid. Um, <laughs> you got me thinking over here, bro. Hey, <laughs> we, 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 got, we got a lot more coming, so. Oh, um, my God. Don't, don't check out on me now. You did this first thing in the morning, bro, like, so I can. <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, yeah, man, I think for, for me, man, my pops was uh, very influential. Uh, in my life, he was the uh, same as like Alton's dad. Like he instilled principles, a lot of tough love. Uh, my dad, uh, not that he didn't really allow us to cry, but like showed us through his actions that like crying was like not okay. Um, and it was like you know we would feel stuff, and he'd be like, "Hey, suck it up, you're a man." And that was like a that was a statement in our family. Like even my sisters would be like, "Why are you crying? Suck it up, you're a man." And he's like, "Dang." I'm hurting right now. Like, uh, you know, when people pass away, uh, I think I've seen my dad cry maybe like three times in my entire life. Like, he was just not, he wasn't a man of, like, emotion. I mean, he had, we had joy. We had fun. And my dad was really, really amazing. Uh, we were, we were super poor, super poor growing up, but we had no idea. We had no idea we were broke. Uh, as kids, we had go-karts, we had dirt bikes. Um, we didn't know my dad was like getting these things in the junkyard and fixing them up. We had, we just had no clue. Uh, he worked for companies where he always had like tractors and excavators and bobcats. And, uh, we would build go-kart tracks in our backyard. We lived in Madeira, bunch of, bunch of land. Like we just, uh, we had no clue. So my dad, uh, would just show me what hard work looked like. And he showed me like how to give like your family a good life, even if you can't even afford you know, the quote unquote good life. Um, and I don't know, we never really wanted for anything. It wasn't until I was about 16 years old when I found out that we were broke. Uh, I think I wanted to go somewhere in my school and he was like, well, you got money for that? I was like, well, we got go-karts and we got cars and we got, he was like, so let me tell you something. <laughs> so we kind of opened my eyes to all that stuff. And, uh, um, I think that's kind of shaped me how I am today. I mean, my wife and I, we're not like rich or nothing like that, but, uh, you know, we don't really want for much. Well, I mean, she wants a lot of stuff, but uh, <laughs> the family doesn't really want 
a lot. So uh, my kids, they, they, got, they got toys, they got, they know how to have fun. They know how to use their imagination. And I think that's something my dad taught us because he didn't allow us to kind of like wallow in our, in our sorrows. Uh, he was like, be a man, uh, provide for your family uh, and know how to work. That's one thing he taught us how to do. He taught us how to work. So uh, even now, like I just got back from uh, my friend's house and I put up like five ceiling fans. Uh, mm. I was like, things that some people just don't know how to do, you know, and I never thought when I was a kid, I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to do this, dad. Like, I never want to put up ceiling fans. I don't want to do construction. Like, that's not my thing. But I'm seeing now that I'm a man, I'm like, hey, I'm glad he taught me because now I don't got to pay for somebody to do this. I can do this myself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I know for, for me, my dad definitely taught me discipline. You know, discipline was probably one of the, the strongest, you know, values that he gave me, you know, because regardless of what you're trying to do in your life, you know, you do have to have some sort of discipline. You can't just be, you know, willy nilly about everything. And, you know, you got discipline as a way to kind of hold yourself accountable as well, you know, uh, or you learn that down the road, uh, you know, as a way to hold yourself accountable. So discipline was definitely a strong suit, um, hard work, you know, um, I used to tell him, you know, I want to go play in the NBA. I want to do, you know, this, this, and that. And, um, you know, he go, okay, well, what you got to do is you got to shoot 500 shots a day. You got to shoot 1,000 shots. You got to shoot. You have to do it. You can't just say, I want to get there. Like, you have to actually put in the work. So he made that, you know, abundantly clear. And he used to always say, you know, there's someone out there working harder than you right now. You know, so if this is what you really want, this is what it takes. So he would tell me straight up, like, what I needed to actually do to get there. Even though it would drive me crazy, you know, I'm 10 years old. Why am I shooting 500 shots? It's ain't even fun. You know, I thought basketball was supposed to be fun. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's just, that's what it was. If you, if that's where you want to be, this is what you have to do. It's not, you can't just snap your fingers, hope you turn six foot seven and, you know, get to the league. It don't work that way. Yeah. You know, even then, I realized that when I was supposed to be six, seven, I stopped at six, one, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes, but, but no, going back to my dad, those are definitely two, two of his strong suits. Uh, Brandon, kind of like how you said, you know, kind of coming in touch with your emotional side and being vulnerable wasn't really like something we were like pushing like that. So um, I, I'm definitely, you know, coming, coming from kind of the same ilk as you. And uh, yeah, just a lot of hard work, you know. Um, I wasn't necessarily doing all the hands-on stuff, you know, like, like you might've been doing, Brandon, but, you know, my dad had my head in the books. You know, he's like, you're, you're, you're gonna be doing something. You're gonna, you're oh, yeah. gonna go to school. You're gonna get a bachelor's degree. You're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. So um, that's definitely kind of where he was coming from as far as that mindset goes. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, yes, obviously our parents, you know, what, do things that maybe we wouldn't do, you know, for our children or things that, you know, we would go the extra mile on whatever the case is. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that, especially coming from where we are as black people, you know, not all of us come from, you know, two parent households and things like that. So sometimes, you know, our parents are doing the best they can with what they know. So I kind of got to a point where I stopped, you know, holding it against my parents. They're like, why didn't you guys do this? Why didn't y'all let me do that? Like, Y'all did the best with what you could do and with what you learned, you know, when you, since when you were a child. So uh, what are some of those things that maybe you either didn't get from your parents or things that you're just kind of changing your perspective as you've grown up, you know, as a man and as you become a father, some new things that you can want to implement toward your kids, toward that next generation? Just 
for me, just certain principles of, of, you know, of asking, you know, why, 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 why this, why that? As a child, I always want to know why. When I go to school, I wanted to know why are we doing this? Why are we sitting in class? I had, I had a whole feeling, a mood about just school period. Um, I just, I just didn't feel like it was something for me. I didn't learn reading, you know, chapter, you know, read this chapter, answer these questions. Um, it, it, things didn't stick that way for me. I felt like a lot of schools were, were memorizing things, but um, just asking a bunch of questions to my, my parents. And at some point my parents were just like, cause I said so, <laughs> mm. just cause I said so. And I, and I didn't like that. And I, I remember I used to go to the room and be mad. And it's like, man, if I had a kid, I'll never say nothing like that. I'll explain it to him. This, that, and third, and here I am. Because <laughs> that's <I'm> bad, so. Hey. <laughs> that's the biggest one, man. Biggest one. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. It's cool on one hand. I mean, asking questions for sure is, is how you learn. But you know, uh, kids, kids, um, they don't have that foresight yet. They don't have that 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 wisdom yet. That experience yet. So. Just, it's, that's one of the toughest parts about being a parent is, is having that that patience and uh, the patience for that and, and and allowing the experiences to be teachers as well. Sometimes I may not have to raise my voice. Sometimes I may not have to, uh, you know, uh, take away something, you know, you turn the TV off or something like that. I'll just allow them to understand what their decisions have, uh, what situations it's putting them in. And so we can kind of get some, gain some insight, critically think about things and I'll move forward from there. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I uh, I've, I've felt that uh, the whole like pillow said you feel thing uh, that used to rock me as a kid. I'm just like pop, man. Like, could you just like a, can you give me a little bit of understanding? Like, I'm I'm gonna be grown soon, so like I can't just be like because I said so. Uh, right. So that's been that's been a tough one to handle. Uh, one thing that my my mom or my dad didn't teach me is like how to deal with my emotions. You know, they taught me how to suppress them, um, how to like tuck them in um, and pretend like they weren't there. Uh, but for me, like that just doesn't work. Like I can, I start to blow up. I start to, and I start to realize even with my dad, like the moments when he would get upset and he like punch holes in the wall. I understood because it was him following up everything and like just holding it in. Um, and it just makes it really hard. So as a man now, uh, I just recently, or my wife recently bought me this book uh, by Jason Wilson called Cry Like a Man. And uh, reading that book has like really, or reading that book, I'm not done with it yet. Uh, it's kind of like altered the, my mindset on like what it is to be a man. Like just because you cry doesn't make you weak. Uh, actually crying, I think actually makes you more strong because you know how to deal with your emotions. You know how to feel. Um, and thus like me having three daughters, I don't want to be like uh, like this macho man. I don't want to be this like over the overprotective, don't know how to talk to nobody, just stone cold looking type of dad. I don't want to be that dad. I want to be the dad that like, um, that can like hear my daughter's pain, that can understand that when they're feeling something, not just to ignore it, um, to say like, you know, what's wrong? And like really care about what's wrong with them, not just like what's, what I think is wrong with them and not always trying to come up with a solution. Uh, as a father uh, to daughters, I know there's going to be certain things that, I can't handle, but I want my daughters to know, like, I'm there for you. I will cry with you. I, I know what it feels like to hurt. Um, whatever boy broke your heart, like, wh where is he at? Let's find him. You know, we can break his legs. Like, we won't kill him because, you know, 
So we we'll definitely get we can get it in. Uh, you know, just being there for them emotionally. And uh, as I've grown up, I've known that like sharing your emotions and being emotional is not wrong. Um, being led by your emotions is terrible, but using them as companions during on your journey, um, they can actually help a lot. Yeah. Now, uh, man, Brandon, will you have the same dad? Because <laughs> uh, you know, kind kind of the same thing for me. You know, coming coming in touch with you know your emotions and not even necessarily that, but just more so just being vulnerable. You know, being being open about that. You know, embracing like, okay, I feel like crying right now because this is how I'm feeling. You know, this is what I'm feeling inside. Um, I did. I want to give that to Jace because I feel like at least that I didn't quite have it to the level that maybe I would have preferred. Um, so I definitely want to do that for for my son. Um, I think I, I'm I'm an emotional person. I consider myself an emotional person. Yet I have I. I when I shut down I suppress my emotions like for for sure I can just be like stone-faced you know an entire time but it's just like I can't even explain what I'm feeling inside you know because I'm so mad I'm so hurt I'm so angry I'm so sad whatever the case is um but yeah I definitely I definitely definitely wanted to you know just do that because as I have come more you know in tune with my emotions and have actually voiced you know how I feel about things you know, like you said, you actually are stronger um, as a result because guess what? Now, when you're going through adversity and you're feeling upset, you're feeling stressed, whatever the case is, that moment, that emotion isn't going to defeat you at that time because you know how to adequately address it now. So that's that's where I'm at and, you know, kind of just coming in tune with my emotions and I, then therefore I can also check my emotions um, and I can, you know, be able to keep them in control and not let them control me. So um, exactly. being in touch with my emotions and just being vulnerable is something I want to teach Jace because I do want him to be able to come to me if he's feeling, you know, some kind of way. I think part of it for me, especially going through, you know, um, my struggles with mental health over the past several years, that's definitely kind of come to the forefront because if you're feeling that way, I want you to be able to come to me. I don't want you to feel like you have to hold on to that and you know, you can't talk to your parents about that. And who knows, you know, you get to the point where it's too late. We didn't even realize that you were feeling that way. And, you know, you took your life, you hurt yourself, whatever the case is. Um, so that that's huge. That's something I'm, I'm going all the way to Jinx about. And, and on top of that, I think not pushing too, too much the, you know, definition of being a man. You know what I mean? Like, Sure, you know, there are great things. There's, you know, you want to be great and learn how to do things with your hands and all that. Shit, I'm 28 years old and I'm learning how to do some things with my hand now that I haven't known my whole life um, and kind of explored that more. But at the same time, if you find something else that you're interested in, if you're more into music or the arts or dance, whatever, do what you love, period. You know, I'm going to support you a thousand percent. Um, if you don't want to play basketball like I do and you want to do speech and debate, you roll with that. I'll be at every single debate. Like, you know, that that's just what it is. I don't want him to ever feel like I'm pushing you to do something. Okay. You have to hoop because you know, your dad hooped. that was his love. You have to see it through. Like, I don't want to try to live my life vicariously through my child. I want my child to live the life that God had him meant to live. So mm -hmm. uh, those are definitely two huge things I want to, I want to pass down to Jace. For sure. And I wanted to uh, point something out that, uh, you had mentioned uh, the whole like macho-ness or like trying to, like what it looks like to be a man. Uh, 
you know, and this is what like I think we've gotten passed down from generation to generation uh, is like what it looks like to be a man. And it's a, it's really like a false sense of manhood. It's a cover up, you know, like being a man means like that you like to me, what I was taught is that you be that you're able to master anything like that was like manhood, like mastering stuff. But like if you don't master your emotions, then then you didn't achieve manhood. Like just suppressing and stonewalling is not manhood. It's it's ugly and it's uh, it's frustrating and it doesn't liberate anybody. Um, and then another thing you said about like you wanting your kid to be able to come to you uh, if you're a strong macho man, uh, <laughs> your kids don't want to come to you. When like I went to my mom every time I needed some emotional support because I knew my dad wasn't going to give me anything, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. Um, and I was able to like uh, to see that and be like, man, I would love to like, have this conversation with my dad, but I can't. I can't because he's not going to understand. And, or that's, at least that's what I thought. And even to this day, like, it's kind of hard to have conversations with my pops um, about emotional stuff, like, even about like marriage and stuff like that. Like we got to keep it surface because I feel like if I get too deep, those emotions are going to come back up and like him and I may like get into it because I might say something like, he was never there when I was crying. He was never there when I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, I don't want to get to that point. Um, and I thought about this, man, like, uh, when it comes to like God, like God never is not a person, it's not a, it's not a man or God is not a, um, a being that is trying to uh, force us into macho-ness or force us into being stone cold. Now he really wants our emotions. He allows us to vent to him. Um, he allows us to talk to him like freely. Like God is God. He's in your mind. So he can like, when you're, in your brain and you're like cussing and stuff like god can hear all that you're not hiding nothing from him and i think that's something <laughs> that we got to get to a point where even as parents like i know there's going to be a time when my kid is going to come to me frustrated and they're not going to have the words to say like how they really feel or how they express i'm not going to reprimand them if they cuss out of emotion out of anger or out of frustration i'm going to tell them like maybe later like hey don't cuss in my presence anymore but i'm gonna let them like get all that out because I think that is healthy. I think that as men, we need to allow our kids like really feel that. Um, there's times when like you would lose a basketball game or a football game and like on the field, all kinds of F words, all kinds of like, you just like, and you just, you feel it. And then when you get back to your dad, just be like, I oh, know, you know, it was a tough game, dad, but you know, I'm all right. But you're not all right. You want to get that out. You want to, you want to feel, you want your dad to understand how frustrated, how mad, how upset you are um, and you want him to like feel all the emotions not a suppressed one right right and nah, it's just sports you know i think it's uh i think sports is a, is definitely a good outlet for uh, dealing with emotions because i when i officiate basketball i'm on the basketball floor and i see kids lashing out in certain ways um i have the choice whether i want to tee them up or not depending on what they did, depending on what they said. Um, I'm the official that, I'm the official that'll, that'll talk to them first. If the coach doesn't handle it, then I'll talk to them. I'll say something. Uh, but I do understand that this basketball floor is a, is an outlet. And my job as an official is to allow them uh, the best environment for them to show what they can do, what they've been practicing on. Um, that's something that, you know, I want to talk about, I want to uh, mention earlier when you guys were talking about uh, just dealing with emotions is presenting with the kid, with the, with our children, different outlets, uh, pianos, just putting these different things in front of them, books, 
uh, just introducing them to these things because, you know, they may not like it, but as long as they have that, they've been exposed to that, uh, I think it goes a long way. And it actually reminds me of a, of a trip, Mariah and just us as just us four. We went to San Francisco and we went to, what's this place called? It was like a arts and science space. I can't remember the name of it though. And uh, Mariah planned the trip and she was like, yeah, let's, let's go to this, let's go to this place. We're gonna go to this Zen garden. And I was like, ooh, I like that, let's do this. So <laughs> we drive up there and, and we go into the art and science museum and the kids are like, oh my goodness. And they're just pointing all the directions and we're following them. And um, it turned into this thing to where we were standing in line a lot and everything that they need to, they wanted to like, they were interested in, you have to read. Mind you, this is a 10 year old, six year old. They can't read everything and understand everything. So we're just trying to show them. And, and, then, and then we started to turn it to the teachers and we're reading this to them and yeah, so this is that. And then they didn't have the patience for it. And so uh, just long story short, it turned into a trip where frustration grew. How do you put a thumbs up right there? Who did that? <laughs> oh, I can't hear y'all. Oh, you just hit the little button. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad. This is distracting me. <laughs> um, what was I saying again? I lost my train of thought. Okay, man. You, said, you, <laughs> you were talking about the kids, uh, and you became the teacher. Yeah. Okay, so um, they were just they were just all over the place, and we were just frustrated. We're like, let's go get something to eat. Let's go. I think we went to a hotel or whatnot, and we're just. Oh my goodness! And by the time we got back home, we 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 were like, you know what? That trip didn't go as good as, as planned. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the learning environment that we thought it was going to be for them. But you know what? That was one for the that was one just to give them that exposure, something that they can look back on as an experience, and just just the fact that they've had that experience. Right, right. Oh man! Hey, shout out to you, Ultimate. That's go ahead <laughs> out of the year. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal man and I think even like stuff like this man we don't as men as fathers um get together and talk about and to celebrate one another about like how good of a job you're doing like this is like the whole daddy up thing um with RC that is something that I believe is completely necessary to tell other dads man like hey I love the way you, you parent I love the way you're doing this with your son I love how you're doing this with your daughter hey can you teach me how you do this can you teach me like I've had uh, I've had men in my circle talk, come to me talking about, hey, like with your daughters, like how do you how do you get them to like be so like loving and like caring, um, and how do you like have that like emotional connection with them? And I'm like, oh, bro, I just do this, or I did it, or I read this, because like some stuff I don't come up with this. This is like some already went through that. Like it's not me. Somebody else came up with this, and I'm using what they use to help my whole family. So there's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel. Let's just rock with what we got. Let's go back to, I guess, you know, your, your first child. I know I'll share my experience first of, you know, being the newest father, I guess, in the group. Um, when we were even having discussions about starting a family, you know, I think when you're talking about it, it all sounds like, oh, yeah, great, great. You know, we'll do this. We'll do this. We got the house. You know, it's cool. Let's have a baby, bring the baby home, raise the baby. You know, everything's great. But uh, once, like, I started thinking so much more after Steph got pregnant and just like, man okay i'm about to be a father what do i want to teach my son uh and when you put it into perspective it's like yo i'm responsible for like teaching a little human how to be like 
a good person. You know what I mean? Like I am responsible for giving them important values and instilling all this into them. And then at the end, once they turn, you know, 16, 17, 18, kind of just fingers crossed, hoping that you did a great job. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, parenting never ends. Um, so I, I don't want to make it seem like, okay, 18, now you're gone. But still at that point, you know, they're making decisions for themselves, decisions that are going to impact the rest of their lives more than it's going to impact the rest of your own life. So, you know, I started just thinking about all those kind of things and, um, you know, can I be, you know, the father that I need to be? Uh, can I support Steph, you know, and be the best spouse that I can be at the same time? Uh, it was just such a crazy dynamic that, you know, and all these thoughts that I had in my head. And uh, Steph and I had conversations every now and then, like, you know, and kind of like expressing our fears or our worries, whatever the case is. But uh, I may not have let off how worried I was, um, you know, blessed nonetheless. But still, it's just like, it, it is pressure. I think it's pressure that we put on ourselves because we do want to be, you know, the best father that we can be coming from the black community, especially not a lot of people get blessed to have, you know, both parents in their lives. So you want to be, you know, active in your parent, in your kid's life. You want to do, you know, everything that, you know, your parents didn't let you do or couldn't do, couldn't afford to do whatever. Uh, so it's just constantly, you know, that, that grind to uh, provide, you know, for them a better life than you have for yourself. Um, so you guys kind of share your experiences of, uh, you know, when that first child came around, what was going through your head? How are you feeling? How are you approaching the whole situation? Uh, man, I was, I was scared. I was scared. There's a lot of mixed emotions, man. I was, I did you know, want to, want to do it right. Whatever that looks like, there's no manual for this type of thing. So, um, but I, I was excited on, 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 uh, at a point to where, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be learning every single day. It's going to be learning every single day. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, but it's been a joy, man. Like I remember right before Kylan was born, uh, I believe it was, his name is Trevor, Trevor, shout out to Trevor, Trevor and Kamala. They, um, they told me they're like, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's the most difficult job but it's the most rewarding and it couldn't be furthest. That couldn't be furthest from the truth uh, for me. Man, that's, that's some real stuff, man. Uh, being scared when you, when you first have a child, uh, when I found out that Jess was pregnant, uh, I threw up. I was like my whole lunch is right on. <laughs> Like, I was like, wait, what? And after, because when she first told me, I was like, nah, it's, it's whatever. Uh, but then as it started to sink in, it was like, because you're going to be somebody's dad. Like, you're going to be responsible for a human being. And if this human being doesn't grow up to be good, if this human being doesn't grow up to be uh, to be a, a good member of society, um, if this human being never accepts Jesus, like, you know, you, you played a part in that. I was like, yo, that's crazy um so it was definitely scary um but uh like you said man once they get here uh everything changed man like when i had casey uh <laughs> i don't know I didn't, I didn't know how to be a dad like my dad was a good father but i didn't know how i was gonna be so i would like look at her and be like yo uh how do you how do you take care of like this little bitty thing 
who like cannot do anything for itself. And uh, I would look at this kid and I'm like, God, you're crazy. Why did you give me a kid? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he was like, yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, just be patient with yourself. And that's one thing I had to learn to be patient with myself, man. As a parent, uh, I think in the initial, have the initial form of having a kid, I had the same, uh, the same worries as you, Sid. Like, how do I be a good husband and a good dad at the same time? Like, these are two, these are two new things to me. They happen at the same time as uh, Jess got pregnant uh, before we got married. And then after we got married, uh, she had Casey. So I was like, a, I was a new husband and a new father at the same time. And I was like, I don't know how this works. And I wasn't even that strong with the Lord at the time. Like me and God, we had just been getting close because I was about that baby. Like I was a life changing experience. So I'm like, okay, God, I need you to come through right now. Cause I have nothing, I have nothing like to, 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 to hold on to. And uh, so like God really helped me in that moment, man, just being able to read his word and seeing uh, good examples of fathers in the Bible. And then also being able to see like God as a father, as a good father as well, um, kind of helped me in that um, and put me like on a good foundation, you know, and being able to, to, to migrate um, the woes of life, man. I mean, trying to juggle being a good husband and being a good dad, like trying to even find like, like even having a new, uh, having a new form of a, a struggle, which is like finding a babysitter. Like that changed everything. <laughs> trying to find a babysitter is like, oh snap, date night. Can we just take the baby with us? No, we ain't taking the baby with us. Find a babysitter. And then you gotta pay a babysitter. Like if, if you're lucky, you don't have to, but uh, it, it, it was rare. So like all that came at once and uh, me trying to learn all of it uh, was difficult. And I made a gang of mistakes and I wish I could tell, hopefully like on this podcast, if you're becoming a new father, um, you're getting married, like just, you're gonna make hella mistakes, man. Like be okay with that. You're gonna make mistakes. You have to learn. I don't know if you. I don't know anyone who comes out the gate just like, oh, got this. I don't care how many books you read about fatherhood. I don't care how many books you read about marriage. Like your marriage is gonna be the exception in every case. Like only one percent of marriages go through this issue. Well, you're gonna be that one percent. So just be ready for all that to come um, in your marriage and, and being a father. So just be ready. Yeah. No, uh, I agree a hundred percent with what both of you guys said. Um, you know, I think what you, what you just said, Brandon, about don't be afraid to make mistakes. That's always been something that I had struggled with, you know, growing up. It's like, okay, do your best to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, but there were so many things I just had to learn. I'm not a subject matter expert on this. And I'm the kind of person where, okay, yes, you can share your experiences with me, you know, as a parent, but if I'm not, if I haven't been a parent yet, I'll listen to it, but it all goes out the other ear when it's actually time for me to be in it. I'm, you didn't teach me a skill, you know what I mean? Like I still have to get in there and do it myself. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's tough for us a little bit as fathers because mothers make it seem so natural. You know, mother's intuition is real, but I think we still, we still don't give, them, they give the mothers enough credit for, they're still, they're new too. They're new to this too. You know what I mean? They're still learning how to do things. And I think they go through it even harder because you're talking, you know, hormones and stuff like that. So sometimes they think they're doing a horrible job. You know what I mean? And, you know, they expect us to be there to be, you know, support them and things like that. So um, it does require, you know, a lot of us, you know, from us as fathers to be able to step up. But yeah, man, just a lot, a lot of things were new to me. I changed diapers and all that stuff. So that wasn't brand new, but some of the other things like, you know, the all-nighters and all that mind you I'm a deep sleeper so there were a lot of nights where Steph was kind of on her own 
um, you know, I would basically force myself to stay up if I was going to help her, you know what I mean? I have to kind of be out of the room and hear the baby cry and go in, you know what I mean? I can't, if I hit the bed and I'm tired, I'm going to sleep and I might not wake up even if he's crying. So, uh, so shout, shout out to Steph for everything that she's done throughout these past 11 months, pretty much this entire year. She's been just a phenomenal mother. Um, but yeah, man, I just kind of just had to get in there and just not be afraid to make mistakes. Like, oh, I didn't put his diaper on tight enough. Oh, he peed out. He pooped out. You know, like you just kind of have to make make those mistakes and roll with it. Um, you know, oh, I wasn't watching him and, you know, he could have hurt himself. Like, OK, learn from those things, not just, OK, I'm going to hover around him all the time and not allow him to go anywhere. He's a baby. He's learning the world. He's learning his senses and stuff. You know, some of those accidents are going to happen. And now, you know, we watch him as much as we can. but he bumps his head all the time. He falls. He slips. Yeah. So I mean, he he does all that stuff. You just you just gotta you know prepare for it and uh and and embrace the mistakes and, and you learn from them going forward for sure. You know, before we move forward, I just want to give you guys an update on six percent battery right now. Six. Six. Sheesh. All right. Um, all right. So let's. Let's, let's get to something because I know there was a topic that, you know, we kind of brought up before Brandon joined us. Um, raising a black child in today's climate. Uh, how is that, you know, for you guys? There are going to be some difficult conversations that, you know, we have to have with our children that not all parents around this world or even in this nation have to have with their children. Uh, Alton, we'll let you go first before your phone dies. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about that whole, that whole topic, that whole subject? Um. I feel like, and many other uh, things in life that I that I approach, I feel like I'm not the first one to do it. So I, there's there's somewhat of a, I feel comfortable with the fact that I'm not the only one that has to have that conversation. Imagine being the only family in the world that has to have that conversation, right? But there's our it's our people, man. We all have to have this conversation. Is it right? That's what this all this whole you know, civil unrest is all about. That's not right. We know we have our rights and we want to exercise those. Um, it's, it's for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's about, it's about timing. It's mainly about timing. It's mainly about, when can I start to introduce this, this, you know, how things are, how society is set up, why these things are happening um, and having them understand that uh, so that they don't, you know, go into this, my son doesn't go into this world naive or thinking that, you know, this is, you know, this is something that is truly not um, just keeping proper perspective, a healthy perspective. But for me, the biggest, biggest thing is timing. He's six years old right now. He just turned six. So, you know, it's like, do I have that conversation when he's seven? Do I say something when he's eight? Or do or do I allow him to see certain things or not even allow him to see it? He sees certain things on Instagram. He sees certain things on YouTube. Um, check him out better real quick. Uh, but then I double back when the time is right to let him know, hey, this is why you've seen what you've seen. To kind of go back and explain that uh, so that he has a better footing on, on, on and grasp on the reality that we that we're faced with every single day. Yeah, excuse. What's your battery looking like? You gonna make it to the end? <laughs> I'm on two, bro. It just jumped down from like four to two. 
Uh, I'm trying to, I'm going to get to a charger and see if I can get back home. But I yeah. appreciate you guys. For sure, man. Man, appreciate you too, bro. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. As for me, uh, it's, it's difficult, bro. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, I have daughters, so it's, it's different because, uh, I don't feel like I have to have like the the most intense talk. I don't have to have like the most intense conversation with them. Um, like I would have had a son, like you have to give like Jace that like whole, like 10 and two, don't do this. Don't do like, you gotta give them all that. Um, I don't, I didn't see my dad do that from my sisters. I'm sure that they talked about it in some way, shape or form, but uh, I don't think it was that intense. So right now it's like trying to teach my daughters how to, speak up for those who like don't have voices um in this time so like raising and my kids are mixed so like i know jessica's uh black and spanish um so my kids are very very light-skinned like they're not i mean i don't know you could probably confuse them for white people i don't know maybe uh but they don't they're not like black black but i know that they'll be um that they'll be they'll be ferocious i know they'll be fierce women um, they're going to be women of God. At least we'll teach them to be. Um, so I think what I need to instill in them is a love for people, um, all people. Like I know uh, I saw your post about the whole all lives matter thing, man. I loved it. Um, and when we get to that, when we get to that point, like I want my daughters to be the type of people that will speak up for um, Syrian refugees and illegal immigrants or, um, you know, people from China or all like any type of like, injustice that happens. I want my daughters to be the type of people that say, that's not right. That's a human being. That is the image bearer of God. And like you were to treat them as such and that they advocate, not just advocate, but like they take necessary steps to, to right the wrongs of injustice. Um, it's not enough to just like build equality or equity. Um, like justice is righting the wrong, fixing the system. So like right now, I think what we're going to teach our daughters, or what we are teaching our daughters is how to be how to be like women of God, how to judge fairly, um, how to make an impact and how to say something. You know, we look at this generation and uh, everyone's all about like just pulling your phone out and like recording something. Um, but even like in the death of George Floyd, uh, I don't know if I did anything different than the, than the bystanders and the, than the onlookers, but like, I just like, man, at a certain point, like someone needs to move, like someone needs to like intervene on a real sense. Like, no, we're going to push you out the way because you're killing someone. We're not going to watch and just record it. Like we're not going to allow it to happen. And then you can do whatever you want with us afterwards. But um, I want my daughters to be the type of people that speak up and like speak out against things that are wrong, but while they're happening, not when we're having a funeral, I don't want to wait that long. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what we're teaching our daughters now. No, that's, that's beautiful. Cause I think that's more of these future generations. And I think it's starting with our generation as well. Um, we have to be the light, you know, we have to, bring these injustices to the forefront. And I think probably the one of the most important things that you said that I think a lot of people aren't talking about is it's not about, you know, speaking out about it, you know, when it happens, you know, what can we do to prevent it? You know, what can we do to actually in the moment be like, no, this is wrong and have a squad around you. That's like, no, we all agree. This is wrong. Like, you know, to where we can stop that kind of situation. But, you know, you know how it is. Like there were several black men in that group and, okay, I'm going to be the one to step up to four armed police officers. Right. You know what I mean? But we all um, get exactly, exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, some black man's going to die, you know, it's kind of where you get to it at that point. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, putting that light in, in your children is beautiful. And I think 
you know, when we get to the point where we're just standing up for human beings, period, you know, so when people say all lives matter, they don't, you know, kind of referencing the, the yeah, post yeah. that I posted is there's all these underrepresented groups that we really don't care about every day. You know what I mean? But when, when you, when you see the most change is when people that are unaffected by the injustice are the ones to speak up for. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't get any gain out of this. This doesn't impact, you know, my immediate family, but guess what? I've got friends, I've got relatives, I've got coworkers, I've got, you know, whoever or nobody, but it's just wrong. You know what I mean? I'm standing up for it because it's not right. And you know, this is a human being as well. Yeah. So I think that's something I want to be able like, to, to show my daughters as well. Like as being a father and being a black father, I don't want to be seen by my daughters as a bystander. Like someone who just like sits alongside and like just witnesses things happen and then tells them later on, oh, that was wrong. Um, I want to be like, I want to be an actual like Jesus. I want to be like an actual um, apostle. I want to be, an, I want to be what they did. Like um, they didn't just see it and then tell people it was wrong later. No, they spoke up in the midst of things going wrong. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that uh, is beautiful. Like I, as fathers, we have an opportunity to show our kids that. And then um, I think I saw a, a post saying like, uh, I think it was a Martin Luther King quote that says like, uh, your, the, your loved ones won't remember um, what their enemy said or what the people who hated them said, but they'll definitely remember uh, the, the silence of their friends. And you think about that quote and I'm like, yo, like no one's going to remember what like certain people say. No one's going to remember like what, 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 I don't know, uh, the right or the left says, but they'll remember if you're their friend, if you're in their circle they'll remember. So my daughters will remember my, they'll remember, oh, my dad was silent during this time. Like, oh, I didn't hear nothing about that. I was talking to some, um, some, some people today and we were talking about, hey, when was the last time or who's ever told, told you about Black Wall Street or when, how old were you when you found about Black Wall Street? And uh, like, some people, man, <laughs> it was like literally, like, I, some, uh, one of the ladies in our group chat was like, I just Googled it right now. I had no idea. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is because people were silent in our life. Um, some like my grandmother was just happened to my great grandmother was um, was a was lived in Black Wall Street. She was like a baby, and her mm -hmm. mother um, they they escaped it. They they survived it, uh, the bombings. And when they survived it, like the uh, my great grandmother's father didn't. So like my great grandmother never she never talked about it. But my grandmother talked about it because she was told by her grandmother. Um, so she was like, I just want you to know, like this was a thing. Like I don't want. I'm telling you because it may never, because at that point it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like taught in history class. It was yeah. like, you only knew if you had, if someone told you. So like now it's being reported on, now it's being talked about. Um, and as a black father, I want to be the person that's like, hey, no, my dad said something um, when this was going on. My dad was a part of things when this was going on. He wasn't silent. Um, he showed me what I was supposed to do. Not just told me, but he showed me what to do. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to have those conversations with Jace. I want to show him, you know, actual history, not textbook history. Because text, textbook history, and I shared this on Facebook maybe last week as well. Basically, when they talk about Black history, they talk about slavery, Civil War, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Obama, as if no other important, you know, uh, this you know history changing, you know, thing history altering you know moments happen so uh but some of the most impactful things and some of the most egregious things happen during those times that they don't talk about no. you know they make it seem like yes the slaves are free but that whole reconstruction you know era that was you know 
That's what led to, you know, Jim Crow, you know, be, being as it is, you know, which led to the civil rights movement. So um, I definitely want to teach him that history and show him, you know, not everything is, is as it is right there. I want you to learn about, you know, all the black excellence that has preceded you as well. Um, you know, black excellence is not just being a rapper, you know, being an entertainer, you know, being an athlete, like there's much more to it. Um, and if you want it, you can go get it. And guess what? If you haven't seen someone that looks like you in that field, why can't you be the first one? So, you know, if that's, if that's what you want, go get it. And I'm going to help you get there, whatever we need to do. So uh, that's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to give to him. But, you know, we are unfortunately going to have to have that difficult conversation. Like you said, you know, 10 and two and yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, I'm going to reach in my glove compartment. Is that okay? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's hard. Steph and I've had that talk a couple of times as some of these things have been going on. It's just, it just breaks our heart to know that we're going to have to do it at some point. And like Alton was saying with timing, you just don't know when that right time is, you know? Um, I do want him to be able to see that people are just people, you know, but at the same time, you're just know you're not going to always be looked at that way by everyone. You're not just people. You are a black person. You are a target. You are someone I need to keep my eye on. Like, just realize that there are people that exist and they feel that kind of way about you because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing, man. Uh, where I, I mean, I hate that we have to have that conversation um, with our kids, and then I, it, it breaks my heart to know that there are people who don't, who never have conversations about the police to their kids. They don't have to. And right. like, you don't see that as an injustice when you don't see that as something wrong with our country. Uh, that's what breaks my heart. You literally get to live in a world where you don't have to worry about police, where you can even tell a police officer, these are my rights. Like, I, I wish I could, I mean, I, I could, like, don't get me wrong. I could say all that kind of stuff, but the difference has been proven that if I try to, no one's going to hear my side of the story. Like, okay, people might march for me in my death, but I don't want to die. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a martyr for the cause. I don't want to be looked at as a, as a person of a, of a catalyst for some type of civil rights movement. I don't want to be that. Right. I want to be a person who loves his family, who gets to spend time with his kids, who gets to see his kids graduate, get married and start a family of their own. That's what I want to be. Exactly. I don't want to be looked at as anything else. I don't want to be a statistic. Like, I don't want to be on somebody's t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, uh everything that we talk about I, I get it but like i george floyd didn't want to be that uh, eric gardner didn't want to be on a t-shirt none of these people who died in police custody uh, or by the hands of police officers wanted to be where they were they don't want to be talked about brianna taylor doesn't want a law named after her she wants to live she exactly. wanted to live so i'm just like we got to get to a point um where we're where we have to teach our kids like this is how you survive interactions with police officers and it sucks but like that's just that's just the truth as fathers we have to have that conversation um yeah. and like Salton said we don't know when to have it and sometimes we can have it you know sooner than later um but we gotta think about the um we gotta think about the the consequences of like when we have this conversation if you have it too early your kids could grow up to hate the police if you have it too late your kid could already have an interaction with the police and now you're like talking to your kid behind the glass so it's just like ah, i just don't I don't, I don't understand. And it's difficult to, to navigate. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Ultimately we're going to have to put in God's hands because, you know, 
we, we don't, we don't know, you know what I mean? And God will put it on our hearts and, you know, let us know when, when the right time, but, you know, God forbid, you know, we, we, we pick it up, you know, too late or whatever the case is. So. minutes um we'll go over maybe a couple more topics so we'll have one for him when he comes back but uh one that i want to talk to you about is the stigma uh around you know being a black father you know we're obviously expected to not much is expected from the black father honestly (laughs) you know not not much is expected from the black father um you know you may or may not be in your kid's life oh well it is what it is um i don't think we hold ourselves or we're held to you know really the high standard of showing that, you know, hey, we're a capable parent as well. Um, we could be a single parent if we have to, you know what I mean? Um, I don't think enough credit is given, you know, to the black father because of, you know, all the negative ones, the deadbeats that, you know, we see obviously throughout our community. But uh, just speak to that a little bit. Do you ever, do you ever have people that are surprised by, wait, you have three daughters? Oh, you're in their lives. Oh, you're married, you know? Uh this is probably like eight months ago, almost a year ago. Uh, we had a, we went to a, uh, oh, it was a year ago. We went to our friend's church and, uh, cause he was preaching his first sermon um, at that church. And uh, it was an all white church. And we went and uh, we walked through the door and this uh, lady, she like, she says hi to me. Um, she's like, oh, are you with so-and-so? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And obviously, cause like I'm black and he was black. <laughs> so it was just like put two and two together. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, yeah, and this is my wife, Jessica. And like, you know, and then I didn't really mention my kids. I don't know why I didn't say those, like, my kids. So then the lady asked Jess, it's like, hey, um, you know, oh, like, your husband's a nice guy. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, are these his kids? <laughs> and like, you know, you hear it, and it's like, I mean, you're, you're like actually curious, but it's super like jacked up that you asked that question. Yeah. Uh, you know, in front of them. In front of them, in front of my kids, you asked them if I, you asked my wife if they are my children. Um, as if she was going to say, like, no, this is Ray Ray's kid and this is uh, Bob Lee's kid. And this is like, it's just that kind of stereotype is what is what messes me up because um, people will see us and automatically assume that uh, that I'm not my children's father. And uh, regardless if I am their biological father or not, like, I am their father right now because I'm here and so are they. Like I'm the protector, right. I'm the provider in this moment. So regardless if um, if I'm their biological father, like I am fathering them right now. So like back up, lady. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I was okay. I was trying my best to like you know keep my cool, but it it made me look at the whole church in the way that she presented it. So I was trying not to see everybody as uh, as these like people who don't understand my culture, who don't understand blackness, um, who don't want to understand me. I tried not to, but it was difficult the whole time we were there. Right, right. So we got we got uh, Alton back into the fold. Thanks for coming back. My dude.
All right. So uh, what we were just talking about is just kind of the, the stigma that surrounds the black father. You know, obviously black father may or may not be present, you know, uh, kids by, you know, multiple, multiple spouses or multiple women. Um, talk, talk to us about how it feels to, you know, kind of be a part of, I guess, what people deem traditional, you know, in terms of, okay, well, yes, I have my children, you know, I'm part of a blended family. I'm with my spouse. Um, do you ever kind of get any like additional attention towards you when it's like, oh, wait, you actually have like a family. It's not just you as, you know, a single father and, you know, you had a kid with your ex or whatever the case is. Not much, honestly. Um, I've only had it one time. I, I can't even remember where I was. It was a con I think it was a conversation with someone in the library. And he goes, uh, yeah, we, we just chopped it up. We were talking about books at first. And then he asked me, he's like, hey, do you have any kids? And I say, yeah. And he's like, are you still with the, still with the mother? I say yes, and he was like, "Yeah, you're you're really blessed." Other than that, like I don't, I I never. First and foremost, I don't care. You know, that's that's the way they see me, and I can't control any of that. So, um, you know, if they do see me that way, but um, yeah, that's not. I, I haven't had too many experiences like that. Well, I mean, well, that's definitely good that you haven't had those experiences. I mean, yeah. fortunately, I haven't really had much of those experiences. But I do think. Some of it may do maybe due to people not necessarily wanting to be vocal about it or you know, express that you know they're surprised by what they see. Um, but sometimes you can kind of tell when people are looking at you and you know they may have an extra smile because it's like oh well look at that you know sweet little black family all together type thing. Uh, you know depending on what kind of groups of people you're with and stuff like that. But uh, I think it I think it is powerful for people to see like you know, the three of us, for example, all as, all as fathers, all as, you know, having spouses, all doing our thing, you know, on our different areas of, of Fresno as well, because it, it just show it goes to show you that like, you know, circumstances don't even necessarily matter. You know, when you get to that point of, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, a dollar to your name or if you live in the Palm Bluffs, you know what I mean? Like you still have to be there as a parent. You still have to be able to provide for your family. You still have to be there ultimately to love your family, you know, above everything. So um, I think it is, you know, powerful to see, you know, more black men like us, you know, ones younger than us, ones older than us, you know, still in, you know, still active in their family and ultimately putting pride into their family, you know, their, their love and their family makes them who they are, you know, as a man. So I think it's very powerful to, to be able to see us, you know, in this kind of, from this kind of scope, because you're not going to see this on TV. You know, you're not going to see it on TV. You're not going to hear about it on your local, you know, media outlet. Uh, but you are going to hear the situations where, oh, you know, Boosie has, you know, five baby mamas or, you know, something like that. You're not going to, you know, see the uplifting side, which is more so the reality as we see from our perspective. Um, so I think I think it is powerful to, to see this and kind of have a platform to exude, you know, exude this and realize, yes, we're, we're human beings. Yes, we're men. You know, and Levar, Levar Ball's changing the game too, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, the like, black fathers are here. He's like, we are here. Exactly. We're we're here. We're active. You know, we're, we're here. We're we're out here. So we out here. <laughs> even after even after your kids have like grown up, you know what I'm saying? Like still being a father after your kids are quote unquote men themselves, and that's where I think is uh, is beautiful for for literally everyone to see, um, 
you know, I sometimes I'm like, man, Lavar, you you too much into your kid's life, but you know, that's just gonna be dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's how you run this family, and you can tell there's love and there's respect there. Um, them boys, they they need their dad. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a joke to them. Like uh, if something happened to their mom or their dad, they would be devastated. And I think this is where uh, many people don't understand that like black people, uh, we we need the people who are in our lives. Like we're not the type of people that like, oh, if my dad's gone, we're just okay with it. Like kids who didn't grow up with fathers, kids who didn't grow up with mothers, like uh, it's heart wrenching. Like I work with kids every single day that they just like one of the kids I work with, um, uh, Le'Veon, he's he's a, he's an awesome kid, and you would never know he had any issues at all. But this kid literally would break down to me and be like, "Man, like I just don't understand why my pops wasn't in my life. Like I don't understand. Like, like what did I do? Like I I see everybody with their dads. I see people come to pick up their kids uh, from from club, and like they're you know they're excited to see their parents. But like I'm in a group home. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I this is I'm trying to be okay, but I'm really not okay because my dad's not in my life. I'm really not okay because." Uh, my mom's not in my life. I'm really not okay because no one in my family can can take care of me, uh, and I have to be taken care of by the state. Like he understands that. He's like, oh, he's he's 16 now, but he was like 14 when he first like broke down crying. And I'm like, bro, like, you know. And at that time, like, I think I gave him some bad advice because I told him, man, you just got to be strong. Like, hold it together, man. Like, just you know, keep going one day at a time. And I should have told him, like, nah, like that's jacked up. Like, you, that shouldn't be okay. You don't have to be okay with that. And like when you have a family, make sure that you never let that happen to any of your kids. Never repeat this for any of your kids. Never repeat this um, with, with whoever you get pregnant. Like take responsibility. If you're not gonna get married, still take responsibility for your children. Do not let the state raise your kids. And right. you know, that's, that's, what I, that's what I eventually tell them now. But like at that time, um, I gave them bad advice. I told them something wrong. I told them to like to hold it in, to suck it up. And that was bad advice. And now I'm like, man, I want him to feel, I want him to know that things are not okay. And I want him to know that he has a right to have a family, he has a right to love his children, he has a right to be there for his kids and for his spouse. Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh, sorry, Dalton, you were going to add to it. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, something, like, a lot of times it's for, 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 uh, shoot, even as adults, sometimes experiences are hard to, like, fit them in somewhere. It's like, all right, where this makes sense. All right, so we can move forward and kind of build off of that type of thing in a healthy fashion, right? Because even comparing yourself to one someone else, saying, "Oh man, they have kids. What did I do wrong?" And kids, for one, it you know it's hard not to do that because um, a lot of kids look over. Oh man, he has the best Pokemon card. This is holographic or whatnot. <laughs> you know, it's the smallest things that the kids notice. If they're into it, they'll notice that somebody else has something better. But I think as life goes on, you know, oh, I know, I know this from experience somebody's always going to have something that you be like, Oh man, that it's going to be a continuous thing. So it's like, where do you stop that? And teaching that principle to a kid, to a child, is very, very hard. At what point are you going to stop doing that so that you can live and walk in your shoes uh, the best way possible? Yeah. Tough, really tough, really tough. Nah, it, is. it is. It is. Uh, so let, let's talk a little more about our kids, I guess. Uh, you know, Brandon being a, being a girl dad, uh, how is that? You know, we, we both can't relate to that. You know, having only girls in the house, uh, it's gotta drive you crazy just a little bit sometimes, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, yeah. So, uh, being on time to places, that's difficult. 
Um, <laughs> it, it takes a long time for things to get ready. And, and you know, at this point, it's uh, you know, Jessica having to literally take into consideration like every single day, saying like, okay, on this week, do we have anywhere to go? Because um, if so, I have to like wash the girls' hair today so that I can like style it tomorrow and like do all this. So there's a lot of prep work going into hair being done. Um, yeah, hair all over the place. You gotta get used mm-hmm. to it. That's do, you, do, you, do you do hair at all? That's what I was gonna ask. Do you do hair? I do hair. Um, oh. so can't do nothing like extravagant. I, I've done twists. Uh, I twisted Casey's hair. I did. Uh, I can do pom poms all day. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> super simple. Um, but I'm not. I'm not as good as my wife. Like I'll do it, and I'll be like, "Oh, this is cute. Like I did that. Let me put this on Instagram." She'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, take a picture." Don't, don't don't do it. I'm like, what? I thought it looked good. She's like, nah, it don't look good. And I'm like, where? What? Um, I'm so, better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm 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 learning still in that area. But uh, I think the the being a girl dad, man, it's um it's rewarding, but it's also like it's heavy because it weighs on you until like they like hit puberty and like things that like men don't want to talk about, like when your daughter's if your daughter has sex before she's married or if your daughter becomes sexually active or if your daughter's assaulted, like all these kind of things are like that way heavy on a girl dad. Cause you're like, man, like I know who I was when I was, a t- when I was a teenager, I know how I was when I was 15, 16 years old. I know how I like, like pry, uh, uh, preyed on girls. Like I knew how to take advantage of them. I knew how to say all the right words and they were getting their pants. Like I knew all that stuff. So even for me now, I'm just like, how do I teach my daughters how to be up on game so that, that they don't get gamed? So, uh, you know, being able to to have, like, with my sisters, I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would tell my sisters, they'd be like, oh, I got a new boyfriend. I'm like, man, what's his name? What is this? Show me, uh, at that time, it was like, show me his MySpace. Um, and I would, like, take a look. I'm like, nah, that's not your boyfriend. Like, you, that's, you can see where I throw Yeah, I can see. And I would put them on game, and I would show them, like, look, this is what he's about. Like, if any dude is out here claiming to be your boyfriend but still posting pictures of all these other girls, uh, that's not okay. Like, that's something that I would do, and I'm a, and I'm a player. You know what I'm saying, or, or or whatever you call people who do dumb stuff. Uh, I I understood that. So now, as a dad of girls, I'm like, how can I best like prepare them for um, for being a teenager, for being relationships? I don't want to hinder them from entering relationships. I don't want them not to have boyfriends, uh, but I want them to know like this is how this is how men think. This is how most men think, um, and you have to be wise. And you have to like if if they keep God first, that they're like really serious about their relationship with Jesus. I think that they'll keep their purity. Um, but if you out here like faking it, which I want to tell them for sure, like if you out here faking it, you're going to fall. Like you're going to fall and then I'm going to still love you, but like you, your life is going to be harder um, if you choose to go uh, the way of like the wayward woman or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but if you choose to do it God's way, you'll be like, wait, like your dad went the wrong way and I'm still paying for it to this day. So um, I'm trying to help you out. And that's kind of like what I have to like hold on to and, you know, carry that burden as a girl dad. Right, right. I mean, I, I'd love to, you know, eventually, eventually have a girl, uh, you know, God willing. Oh, um, I got three. You want one? Nah, nah, nah. I'm good. Not, not yet. Not yet. It's not, it's not in my cards yet. God hasn't put it on my heart yet. But they're all potty trained, Sid. Come on. Hey, that is very underrated. A potty trained child, I mean, life a heck of a lot easier. Bruh. Uh, I dealt with my, uh, my twin nieces. Uh, they're both 13 now. Um, but I kind of helped, you know, ra- I won't say raise them, but, you know, my senior year of high school, I babysat them, you know, when, while my sister was working. So 
I got to see a lot of that time when they were, you know, infants to toddlers and things like that. That's that was actually my first exposure to, you know, changing diapers, to doing this, doing that, and you know, making sure you're heating up food properly, and you know, oh well, watch out for this spill, watch out for that. Like I learned a lot of things from them. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll wait for my girl. I'll wait till God gives me that blessing. I'm not gonna snatch yours from you. That's not mine. It's yours. Well, you can babysit whenever you like. <laughs> All right. Well, we got. We got to work on Jace because Jace is a handful in and of itself. Uh, when he's when he's good, we can start bringing in some other children and, you know, doing some things. Uh, but uh, Alton, I'm going to go to you. You've got, you know, obviously both a boy and a girl uh, in the household. How does that whole dynamic work? Um, not enough room. The room, <laughs> the room is not big enough. <laughs> the room is not big enough. You know, even outside is not big enough. You know, sometimes they argue and I'm like, look, you guys can go outside and do whatever, but don't come in here whining and crying about, he said this, she said that. And I said, you guys are going to do whatever you guys want to do when you're outside. If you feel like arguing, you're going to argue. You know, sometimes a lot of like, uh, let me keys real quick. I've learned a lot about parenting from officiating. It's it's very, very similar. <laughs> And, you know, I learned how to, like, all right, both sides want to win this argument. I have to be able to call this straight up and down uh, and, you know, hear both sides, whether that's that, because they're always arguing that the age difference is three years. And um, Colin thinks he's older than he's he's, he's big brother sometimes. <laughs> and, she think, and I'm like, I'll be you're older than him. Why are you? She's like, but he said this to me. So it's fun. It's fun. I just don't allow it to, like, stress me out too much. Um, I sometimes I just gotta just go, y'all go to the other side of the apartment. And I'll be over here, and we'll do it like that. Okay. It's fun, though. And uh, I love the analogy of officiating your children. That's dope. <laughs> oh man, it's split image, man. It's 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 right there. It's like that's a technical. You're out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Go, no, go, go, sit down. Man, go like, sit down. Go call it too many fouls, though, because as a parent. We can be uh, no, 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 stop no, no, no. and and calling too many things, and then there's no flow within like the parenting. There's no admin flow because I'm always looking to establish that. Um, so it's knowing when to call it, you know, is knowing when to call it, what to call, what's worthy of that. Because over time, man, man, 18 years while they're under our guard, like you know, um, our voice starts to kind of get dull, and mm -hmm. some people they'll talk to like I remember doing this as a kid, like. I'll tell my dad, yeah, coach said this, or he said this to that. And he's like, yeah, it's the same thing I've been telling you. Oh, shoot, yeah, I just didn't hear you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, yeah, I just try to figure out what's the best way to to approach certain things. That's real, that's real. Um, man, Brandon, little boys are rough. <laughs> oh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys are done having children, but little boys are rough. Um Jace is he gets into everything um he's right now he's kind of in that phase where I think he's learning more and more about the world and just you know the things around him uh he's the kind of kid where like let's say I don't know there's like this much room between like you know uh the like the chair like basically like there's that much room to crawl in he's gonna crawl all the way in he don't care if he bump his head he doesn't <laughs> care if, you know whatever he likes to stand on top of whatever. He has like a little walker that he likes to try to like straddle and like push himself along. Like 
he just he just does the most. Uh, but he's he's physical. He likes to get in your face. Uh, he's biting a lot right now, like that. But he doesn't think he's biting. He's like showing love. He's trying to give you kisses, but Uh-oh. he's biting your face off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he, he's he's rough, but it it's fun, especially you know. Yes, you know they're such a young age, but still being able just to like connect, you know, with the little boy and like, hey, here's a ball, you know, here's a basketball, here's a football, um, you know, or whatever, like, or just kind of the way that he looks at you, and they might pull on your facial hair or something like that. Like, damn, that like, hurts. Yeah, it does. It does. But uh, it is kind of cool just to have those moments with the little boy. Um, obviously, I'm only 11 months in. I'm gonna have a lot more to tell y'all, you know, six months from now, but. You know, still, it's just been it's just been a blast. It's been a blast. Um, a couple more things before we get out. Obviously, Father's Day coming up, uh, so congratulations, early, uh, happy early Father's Day to you guys as well. You too. Um, appreciate Thank you. it. Appreciate it. Um, what would you say? And you may not even be able to say one thing. What are some of your favorite things about being a father? Uh. I guess uh, I don't know. I mean the 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 sporadic, uh, hilarious moments from from my kids. Um, they just do they do really weird stuff, like call you by your first name and ask you uh, what do you want to eat in their fake restaurant um, at six a.m. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think like just those moments, um, they they bring a lot of joy. I think they bring. They bring they bring more joy than the time that they're getting on my nerves. Uh, I think that's something that I just had to learn. Like, okay, when they're being silly, um, you gotta like enjoy that because they're gonna be bad. Not because they want to be bad, but it's like they don't know how to be good yet. Um, so like that's one. And I think um, when they're like l- seeing your kids learn a new task or like learn how to do something, I don't know what that is, but you just be like. Come on, man! You did that. That's you. You did that. So I'm always just like. Uh, so when my daughter first started learning how to read, uh, both of them, it was like, dude, like that's crazy. Like, okay, you know, ABCs. ABCs are kind of easy because they just sing the song. They don't really know what they're saying. They're just like going with the with the rhythm. Um, but I remember when I heard um, my firstborn, Casey, uh, she was reading a uh, Pete the Cat book, and like she was reading it by herself, and I'm like in the other room, and I'm listening like is she making this up or is she really reading the book? Like, I can't tell. So I like, I like peek my head in and like, she's really reading the book. And I'm like, yo, I got to record this. Like my daughter knows how to read. And then today she blew my mind. We're driving um, to a friend's house to put in the ceiling fans and uh, we're passing like the street signs and she's reading every single one of them. And uh, we're, pa- we're on the freeway. So we're passing them quick. So she don't have a whole bunch of time to like try to sound it out. And I'm like, she's learned how to read. Like she was like, Oh, what's, <laughs> what did she say? what's peach ave <laughs> and i was like peach ave <laughs> like like yeah we're gonna get up on peach ave i was like oh it's short for avenue then then she asked questions like well how do you know that it's avenue how you know it's not short for something else <laughs> i'm like kid i don't Good know question. because i said so <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> <Here it is. laughs> like those so are the you, most dope. you hit it right on the nail like it's just, just learning with them as well because they they don't know certain things so it's just like just using the, the world as a classroom my son will always like ask you know what how, who built this playground he always wants to know who's behind the production or something always he knows yeah. it's not just the surface of it 
he wants to know like who made this who made that and so just like sorry about text me um just walking him like learning how to like show him how this how these things are made uh going on youtube we go to youtube university almost every day oh dope uh, yeah we, we we're always on there looking up you know how what sharks eat you know what you know all that types of stuff so um yeah same same brandon for me it's just that you know that learning process learning with your kids man it's, man. it's i'm pretty sure like even you said like when you see uh jay do something new you'd be like how did he learn that oh definitely definitely i mean he's He's been fortunate enough to where he was able to, he's been able to go to daycare pretty much since he was three months old. So I've always enjoyed that kind of exposure and just that kind of all around attention that he gets as well. Uh, I think that the attention that he deserves, but sometimes he'll come back and he'll learn new things. Like even just today, he has like this little ball that he likes to play with. For some reason, the first time he's done it ever, he decides because he's trying to crawl over to our hardwood floor from the carpet. He has the ball in one hand and he's crawling on one arm never done that before i'm like why are you doing that like since when did you start doing that uh but he'll he'll do things like that um he's learning sequences right now so like yeah we have like a little like a fan button or whatever like if he presses the fan button like it's gonna turn the fan off if he turns this off gonna turn that off you know like he's, he's learning all those kind of things so uh he has just certain things that he's just absolutely fascinated with um so just learning with them it has been beautiful but by far, just the joy that he brings is like my favorite part. Um, during a period, obviously with everything going on regarding COVID-19, uh, Steph had been working from home and Jace hadn't been going to daycare. So I had been coming home on my lunch break every day. Um, and every single day, every single time during lunch, as I come home, you just hear him crawling and he like sees me, he just freaks out and like immediately comes to give me a hug. You know what I mean? Like that unconditional love, like it doesn't matter what I did or what I said the day before, like, it don't, it doesn't matter. He loves me. You know, he's going to come give me a hug. He's going to come give me a kiss or whatever. Like that's, that's dope. Um, I don't, I don't ever want that to end. You know what I mean? So yeah, just the joy for sure. I just, uh, and I now I feel bad for doing it. So like, uh, I, I come home from work, um, or from just being outside. It don't mean, it don't really matter what it is. And my kids, like they'll run out of their room and be like, Hey dad, um, and like give me a big old hug, which I don't mind that part. Um, but my my middle child and my youngest, um, they'll be like, Dada, and like running I'm like my middle child, I told her today, I was like, Don't call me dada, like you're you're too old, you're too big for that. But then after hearing what you just said, I'm like, dang, I probably should just let her do it. I mean, eventually she's gonna grow out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not gonna call me dada forever. Um, I'm a exactly I'm a miss it when it's gone. So uh, yeah, I might be. I might tell her tonight. Like, all right, you can call me Dad when I come back. Come home, and then she'll be like, "Never mind, Brandon." Never <laughs> mind. Oh, that'll break my heart, man! <laughs> be like, oh, oh, that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. Um, so, uh, one last thing before we get out of here, I just want to hear from from both of you guys. Um, you know, any fathers that we have out there, or you know, expecting fathers or no, you know, not a father yet, what would be something that you would want to tell them or that you would want them to know about being a father? Mm. I would say uh, if you're expecting, ask hella questions. Like uh, it may not get, you may not get the answers you want, but like having different perspectives is going to be great um, if you're not a father yet. 
for you who are uh, who have children already, uh, I would say get them get in tune with your emotions. Um, understanding that crying is not is not a weakness. Uh, being vulnerable is not a weakness. It's actually a strength. Uh, something that I'm learning now, like being able to tell, like even now my, at my job, I'm like, hey guys, like I don't know how to do the certain things. I used to be like, you know, just keep it in and then Google it or YouTube it later. Uh, but I, I realized like that was adding heck of stress to my life. Like people are telling me to do stuff I don't know how to do. I'm not saying anything because I don't want to look weak. And then I'm going to search it, which is taking more time and I'm searching it off the clock. So I'm not even getting paid for learning the skill that I'm going to use at my job. Um, so I just started speaking up and telling people like, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Well, we have, you know, Jason, he can do it. Or we have, he can do it. And I'm now I'm like, oh, I don't have to do everything. I don't have to know everything. Like I'm a part of a team. Um, and it's okay for me to tell people I don't know what, I, what I'm doing so that other people can be part of the team as well. Um, so finding that out, man, like being able to be vulnerable as a father is going to be huge in your relationships with other people, but it's going to be like paramount in relationship to your kids. Likewise, um, welcome to the team. Welcome to fatherhood. Uh, you're one of us. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, that's the support group. Um, yeah, we're, we're just going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to learn together. Um, see, I don't have no advice as if I'm like, you know, the best pops on the planet. Um, this is kind of might say that. Um, uh, but yeah, let's just keep uh, continue to learn. That's it. Yeah, sure. Definitely got to like, uh, we got to be able to have like these kind of conversations, man. Like um, just being able to celebrate one another, man. Like Alton, what you're doing with your boy is fantastic, man. Just like being, like being a coach, being a, being a, uh, an official, like, you know, you're teaching him stuff that like he'll remember way down the line. I'm sure that all of us have had those moments where I'm like, man, my dad, my dad did say that. And like here, here I am doing the same thing. Even when there were moments when I was like, I don't want to be like my dad at all. Like, I don't never want to be like my dad. I want to be different. And he's like, nah, you're going to be your daddy. Uh, you're going to act like him. You're going to do things like him. You're going to have his mannerisms, all that kind of Even me wearing a hat right now, it's like, that's my dad. Um, mm. Looking at myself on the screen, I'm like, dang, I look like my pops. Uh, but you have to be, uh, you just got to be okay and be open at the end of the day um, to be a good father. And like, at least attempt it. I would just say like, if you don't know what it looks like, get around folks who do. Like, that's that's like the best advice I can give to any father. Like, if you didn't have a good father figure, find father figures. Find people who are doing it, um, who you think are doing it well. Like, not who, like, society says are doing it well, because there's some parents out there who are making a lot of money for their kids, but they're not actually in their kid's life. So, like, you got to be mindful. Like, say, okay, what does the relationship between the father and the child look like? And then say, okay, that's what I want then you go learn from that, from those people, or you like, you know, study that people and, uh, and gain some understanding from them. For sure. Um, I would tell people time flies. Um, can't believe it's been almost a year already. Um, it goes by in an instant, take advantage of those moments. Um, yes. my, my wife is, my wife has, you know, shown me like the importance of just taking pictures and recording videos and stuff. Cause I've never really been the kind of person to be like, well, Oh, okay, well, we're here. Let's take a picture. Like, I'm like, no, let's just be in the moment. But like, the memories matter, man. And, you know, as our, as our minds waver and our memories go away, like, we're gonna have to go back to those pictures to remember how we felt in that moment. So um, embrace the moment, you know, 
embrace the adversity, embrace the adversity, embrace the unknown, um, because we're not, we're, we're getting into a brand new, just like how we talked about earlier, everyone can give you all the advice in the world, but then when you get in that moment yourself, you know, it's just like, yo, what do I do? You know what I mean? So, um, embrace that adversity, embrace the unknown. Um, and ultimately just remember like, okay, you're doing, you're doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like pat yourself on the back every now and then, because there are going to be times where it gets very, very hard. You know, uh, you can't get on the same page with your wife. Uh, the kids are acting a fool. You know, you're kind of feeling like, well, what do, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like I'm a terrible father. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I think we all kind of go through those phases depending on what's going on at that time. Um, but just, you know, pat yourself on the back occasionally and just say, you know what, I'm doing a good job. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. I'm going to continue to be there for my kids, continue to be the best spouse that I can be as well. Cause it is ultimately a trifecta, you know, between you, your spouse and the kids. Um, so I think, you know, keeping that is going to be strong for the long-term success of your family collectively. Um, yeah. So no, um, I just, I thank you guys for being on. I just want to commend you guys, especially as fathers. I think I told both of you guys when I thought of doing this episode, you two were like some of the first two people I even thought of. So that just goes to show you, you know, how I look up to you guys, you know, ultimately as fathers. I've gotten to see, whether it be from a distance or whether, you know, in person, I get to see Alton more than I get to see you, obviously, Brandon, but still I can speak to Brandon's character. I can speak to Jessica's character. I've gotten to, I think I've only seen Casey. I've gotten to see, uh, to see the other two yet, but still I know what you guys are about and I know what you guys are teaching to your children. So um, I just commend you guys. You guys are doing a, a tremendous job and, and keep it up. But let's continue to put on for the Black Fathers. Man. Sure. Man, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, man, you already know. <laughs> right on, brother. Right on. Man, man thank you, Sid, for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, man, for sure. Thanks, for sure. thanks for hitting me up. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, oh, um. Straight out, of, straight out of Fresno podcast. If there's anything that I can do to help you, you know what I mean, uh, support, help support in any way, fashion, just let me know, man. Yeah, or vice versa. I, I got you. I got you. And you guys, let me know the things that that you guys are doing too. You know, obviously, I'm bringing in, you know, guests, and I'm I'm just trying to highlight just you know the great things that are going on in the community. It doesn't matter if you have you know a hundred followers or ten thousand. You know what I mean? Just who's who's doing something great out there? Let's 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 bring that you know on a platform and just put that out there let's let's promote you know ourselves in ways that we're not being promoted out in mainstream yeah. media or, you know out on news outlets things like that so uh, the things you guys are doing are great and i just want to continue to to highlight those so uh, we we, we got to support each other got to support each other so we're in it for the long run uh i was telling alton brandon i'm working on some shirts i'll have some straight out of fresno shirts for you um, so i will reach out to you i'll reach out to alton once i Got the vinyl and stuff, um, and got the shirts ready. I'll let you. I'll let you guys pick what shirt you want, and I'll get those out to you ASAP. Man, let's go. <laughs> that swagger. Let's go. All right. Well, yeah, you know the guys. That's another episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And until next time, y'all. Peace. All right, y'all, fam.